How profound that mystery of the invisible is. We cannot fathom it with our miserable senses, with our eyes, which are unable to perceive what is either too small or too great, too near to us or too far from us, neither the inhabitants of a star nor of a drop of water, nor with our ears that deceive us, for they transmit to us the vibrations of the air in sonorous notes. They are fairies who work the miracle of changing these vibrations into sounds, and by that metamorphosis give birth to music, which makes the silent motion of nature musical. With our sense of smell, which is less keen than that of a dog, with our sense of taste, which can scarcely distinguish the age of wine. Oh, if we only had other organs which would work other miracles in our favor, what a number of fresh things we might discover around us. May 16th I am ill, decidedly. I was so well last month. I am feverish, horribly feverish, or rather I am in a state of feverish enervation which makes my mind suffer as much as my body. I have continually that horrible sensation of some impending danger, that apprehension of some coming misfortune, or of approaching death. That presentiment, which is, no doubt, an attack of some illness which is still unknown, which germinates in the flesh and in the blood, May 17th. I have just come from consulting my physician, for I could no longer get any sleep. He said my pulse was rapid, my eyes dilated, my nerves highly strung, but there were no alarming symptoms. I must take a course of shower baths and of bromide of potassium. May 25th. No change. My condition is really very peculiar. As the evening comes on, an incomprehensible feeling of disquietude seizes me, just as if night concealed some threatening disaster. I dine hurriedly, then try to read. But I do not understand the words and can scarcely distinguish the letters. Then I walk up and down my drawing-room, oppressed by a feeling of confused and irresistible fear the fear of sleep, and fear of my bed. About ten o'clock I go up to my room. As soon as I enter it, I double lock and bolt the door. I am afraid. Of what? Up to the present time I have been afraid of nothing. I open my cupboards and look under my bed. I listen. To what? How strange it is that a simple feeling of discomfort, impeded or heightened circulation, perhaps the irritation of a nerve filament, a slight congestion, a small disturbance in the imperfect, delicate functioning of our living machinery, may turn the most light-hearted of men into a melancholy one and make a coward of the bravest. Then I go to bed and wait for sleep as a man might wait for the executioner. I wait for its coming with dread, and my heart beats.
and my legs tremble, while my whole body shivers beneath the warmth of the bedclothes until all at once I fall asleep. As though one should plunge into a pool of stagnant water in order to drown. I do not feel it coming on as I did formerly. This perfidious sleep, which is close to me and watching me, which is going to seize me by the head to close my eyes and annihilate me. I sleep a long time, two or three hours, perhaps. Then a dream, no, a nightmare, lays hold on me. I feel that I am in bed and asleep. I feel it, and I know it. And I feel also that somebody is coming close to me, is looking at me, touching me, is getting onto my bed, is kneeling on my chest, is taking my neck between his hands and squeezing it, squeezing it with